So <clears throat> I know Christmas is past. But what began at Christmas is the biggest story of all. What we're going to do first, children, is I would like your help to remember the Christmas story. So I'd like to know, children, adults later, if you get into that. Okay, children, what things are in the Bible's Christmas story? Can you tell me things that are in the Bible's Christmas story? Yep, yep, yep. Jesus is in the Bible's Christmas story. That is an excellent answer. Tell me about other kind of things that you would see in the Christmas story. Yes, Reshi? There are shepherds in the Christmas story. There are. Can you tell me what happens to the shepherds? Somebody tell me what happens to them. Yeah, what do they have? The shepherds see some angels. Okay, that's good. Any other things in the Christmas story at the back? Three wise men come and visit bringing gifts. That definitely happens in the Christmas story as well. And any other things that happen in the Christmas story? Who can tell me about more things? Yeah, yes. Forgot. Okay, we forgot that one. Other, other little things that we, we think about at Christmas around the Christmas story? Yeah, I've got another one here. Jesus was born. That is definitely the center of the Christmas story. And we celebrate his birthday at Christmas. I, I've got another one here. Mary and Joseph are in it, and angels are in it. And one more. There's a census. Yeah, there is. There's a census. That's really good. Are there, okay, grown-ups, are there, are there any bits we're missing? I think we've hoovered up everything there. A stable, maybe a stable, maybe, yeah, yeah, some animals. We've got Emmanuel. We've got, oh, and one more at the back. No donkey technically in the Bible, if you look at it closely, but a star, a st with, all right, even if you look at it not closely, just read the story. There is no donkey, okay? It's not there. Go and check. You can, you can test me on this. There is no donkey, but there is a star. That is absolutely right. One, one more, one more, last one. There's an angel. And Jerry? There is King Herod in the Christmas story, too. Everyone go, ooh, there's a King Herod in the Christmas story. That is pretty good going, isn't it? It's good because we've been thinking about Christmas for weeks and weeks. So if we didn't remember anything that happened, that would be quite bad news. But we, we remember quite a few of the things that are happening. Well done. I want to focus in on one bit, a bit we've already touched on in one of our Christmas gatherings. And it's the bit where, if you remember it, Joseph thinks... Mary has been bad because she's got a baby inside her, and so he is going to leave her. But then an angel shows up and explains to him what's really going on. And Zoe is going to come and read that little bit of the story for us, and then we're going to think about it together, okay? Thank you, Zoe. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
she will give birth to him a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and she gave him the name Jesus. Thank you very much. I want us to think about just two words from that story, just two words, uh, as we look back at the year that's passed. And um, they're not just any two words. They're two names given to the child by Mary. And each of those names has got a special meaning. Now, the first one is one we've talked about already. Some of our amazing contributors for what happened in the Christmas story reminded us of the name Jesus. Now, we're very familiar with the name Jesus, right? But Jesus isn't just a name or just a, a curse word like we would use it, some people would today. It's something that means something. The angel points to that because he says, Joseph, you should give the baby the name Jesus. And he says, why? You should give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, in the English language, there is no way at all to get from Jesus to he will save his people from their sins. But, like, that's true for lots of names. So, my name is Matthew. Do, do you know what Matthew means? Does anyone know what Matthew means? Gift of God. I mean, like, you couldn't tell that. <laughs> who, 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 else, who else knows the meaning of their own name? Who knows the meaning of their own name? Yep. And what, I'm sorry, what is your name? Kirsty means follower of Christ. I didn't know that, Kirsty. That's really cool. I like that. We've got, got another name we know the meaning of? Yep. Rachel means you, as in female sheep, apparently, so that's uplifting and encouraging. I got another one in the back. Kieran means little flat kid. Okay, 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 all right, that's good. And Zoe? Ooh, Zoe means spiritual life. We got one more, one more name right at the back. Can you tell me that one more time? Eric means ruler. Wow. Okay. Okay. Your parents have got big plans for you. That's 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 good. What about what about Jesus? Now remember the the angel gave us that hint, right? He's call call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. But that's not exactly the meaning of the word Jesus uh, itself. Jesus is the English rendition of uh, a Greek um, name. Um, and the Greek name is a representation of a Hebrew one. And the Hebrew one is this, um, which says Yeshua or Yeshua or Yehoshua or something like that. Um, it, it's a, but it's made up of two parts, right? It's made up of two parts. The first bit is yeah, and then the second bit is shua, yeah, shua. Okay, and those two parts mean 
Lord and save. And there's different ways you can kind of plug them together. So some people think it means the Lord of salvation. Some people think it means salvation of the Lord. Jesus' name puts together saving and God. Remember what the angel said there? He will save his people. That is, Jesus is going to save his people. But what is he going to save them from? Are they like on a train track? And there's like you know, a noisy thing coming. And they're like, there's a train. Somebody needs to save his people. Is, is that what he's saving them from? No, no. Remember what the Bible told us? He will save his people from their sins. And what is this sin thing that they need saving from? Here's a really simple way of understanding what sin is. Sin is saying no to God. Sin is saying, talk to the hand. No interest. Don't care. I ain't listening. Now, sin is wrong. Sin is bad. Sin is evil. But sin also does something. And what sin does is it, it, it separates us. It separates us from one another, and it separates us from God. Now, I'm going to need some help here, and I'm going to need some people who are <coughs> okay with being on camera on the live stream, <coughs> and some people who are familiar with these sorts of knobbly objects. So I need, I need two teams. I've got a space for a team over here. And so maybe can I, you, you guys want to come and help me? Okay, and then I need another team. Are you guys going to come and help me on team two? Okay, so team one over here, <coughs> but with Legos. Okay, and te so team one over here, come on, you're over here. You're going to have to kind of crouch down. Team two, you're coming over here. Uh, okay. Boys versus girls. Oh, I, boys versus girls. I think there's a mild element of danger in boys versus girls. So I think we're going to do, we're going to do the teams as they came. Okay, and what I want you to do, so what I've done is I've given them a little Lego baseboard with a Lego person, and I've started building a wall around the person. That's what I've done. So what I want you to do is I'm going to give you 45 seconds. Don't start yet. Don't start. No, no, no. Start, start. I'm going to give you 45 seconds, and your job is to build as big and as tall and as intimidating looking a wall as possible around that minifigure in 45 seconds. Don't start yet. Ready? Everyone drum roll. And go, 45 seconds. <clears throat> See, every time we say no to God, it is like putting another brick in the wall between us and him. Every, every time we say no, it's like building that wall higher, keeping him out more. No, I'll do what I want. No, I'm going to look after myself, not them. No, I'm not going to forgive that. No, the, the thing you're asking me to do is too hard too difficult. I won't do it. No, I've got my own plans for what I'm going to do with my own life. Building that wall up and up, and you're keeping God out. You're boxing yourself in. Six seconds. People, build that wall quickly. I, no, three, two, one. Hands up, hands up, hands up the blocks. Hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. Stop, 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 stop. Okay, okay, okay. Time's up. Let's see what we got here. It's, it's not like a particularly intimidating wall. Is it oh, you don't have to. Oh, I should have given them clear instructions. You can use any bricks you like. But it's too late now. Okay, we've got a bit of a wall. Can you see the minifigure is behind a bit of a wall? Yeah, let's make what it's like by Tuesday morning. And if you keep going, you build yourself a big wall. Okay, you want to find your seats, guys? And let me see what we've got over here. Oh, this is interesting. Very creative construction here. Got a little, like, 
you know, you'd never get planning consent for that. This is like sticking straight out of the side. But this, this is very, so now, can you see the minifigure at all? No, blocked away behind. Thank you very much, Simeon. Take your seats for a minute. That's awesome. Terrible job in a way. Because what you've done is you've shown us what it's like to be cut off from God, to be separated from him, to be trapped, to be locked in. The wrong things we do mean we can't be with God, but they also mean we can't get to God. There's like there's a wall in front of us. But here's the good news of the gospel, right? Sin separates, but Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is going to rescue. He's going to rescue from that prison, from that wall that we build around ourselves. So what we're going to do together now, um, but I have not quite technologically prepared myself for this, so I'm going to prepare that while I talk. What we're going to do together now is um, we're going to look back on the year that has passed. We're going to think about where it is we said no to God, where we said no to his words, where we said no to his ways. And I want to invite each one of us to share maybe just one word or just two words about somewhere that has been true in our life. And we're going to use this thing called Slido, um, which you can join there, but I need to log in and exit my questions. So hold on a second. And uh, if you are with us from home, you can do this too. And um, <coughs> here we go. I got power there. Now we're going to do it. All right. Um, <coughs> so perhaps children... You might turn to an adult near you and ask them to pop something in for you. You can just scan that little code, and then you can just pop in a word or two. It's going to be anonymous. We're just going to put these up together. Just one minute to think about. In the year that's passed, what has separated you from God, right? Where, where have you put these big bricks between you and God? What things have you done? What we're going to do with these things, as we look back on the year that's passed, is we are going to say sorry to God together. And we're going to look to Jesus, the one who says he is going to save us from our sins. So what I'm going to do in just a moment, and I really appreciate you sharing these things. It's not always easy to come up with these things, to dare to put them out there, is it? So we're going to use a prayer, words from the screen. And if these are your words, then I'd love you to say these along with us. I'm going to move on from the poll, even though I know people are still typing. Sorry, peeps, but here we go. We're going to use these words together to say sorry to Jesus. And children, if, if you can't read these words yet, what you can do is just simply say sorry to God 
in your heart, in your own words, and he hears that just as well. But adults, if you're um, happy to say these words, then let's talk to him together. Together. Lord God, we've done and said and thought lots of wrong things in this past year. We know there are more than we listed out or even could list. Please save us from our sins through Jesus, through his death on the cross in our place. Please forgive us our sins so we can walk into this new year clean and right with you. Amen. Now what we're going to do is we're going to sing together about what it is that can save us from our sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So remember I said we were going to think about two words from the story to help us as we look back on the year past. Two names given to that child within Mary. Well, the second name shows up in verse 23. And here is verse 23 for us. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's quite nice because you don't even need to think about what that means. It tells us straight up what it means. It's another name that means something like that verse told us. It's a Hebrew name. And one of the cool things with these Hebrew names is you can kind of plug together lots of things into one phrase. And it can be like a whole sentence in one word. And Emmanuel is like that. Emmanuel breaks down into three little parts. So here it is again in weirdy writing. Im, anu, ale. Im is with, uh, Anu is us, and Eo is God. The with us God, all in one word, just kind of jammed together. Now, who is it? Who is it that is going to be called Emmanuel? Well, back to verse 23. It is the child within Mary. It's the child within Mary. That means Jesus is this with us God, right? If Emmanuel means God with us, so they're going to call him God with us. Jesus is God with us. Cool, but so what? Why, why, why does it matter whether God is with us or not? Well, picture this, okay? Picture this. Imagine somebody has fallen into the sea. Uh, but they've fallen into the sea when it is wild and dangerous and deadly. And there, there, there's dark clouds overhead. There's crashing waves on both sides. And they are struggling in the sea. They know they're not going to stay up very long in the sea. They know sooner or later they're going to go down. Now, now imagine there is also a rescuer. Okay, there's somebody who is meant to get you out of the sea once you've fallen in. There's somebody who's meant to grab you and haul you out. That's their job. That's their role. And then imagine, there you are, okay, you're in the sea. The waves are crashing all around you. And suddenly you get like a bing, and it, it's a message on your phone. And somehow, amidst the crashing waves, you manage to pull your phone out of your pocket without drowning and have a little look at the screen. And, and, and here's what's on the screen. It's this little message. And it is, weather looks bad, sorry, stayed home. Swim west. Now, is that going to be any help to you when you're in the sea at all? Sometimes there's just no way to help someone without entering into their trouble yourself. That is true for us and God. There's no way he could help us without entering into our trouble 
for ourselves. There's no way that we could be helped from a distance. There's no way we could have pulled ourselves out or swum hard enough to get ourselves to shore. Remember, remember these? Get this, the, the only one who could rescue us is actually the one that we built a war against, the one that we built a war to keep them out, the one we separated ourselves from by saying no to him again and again. Sin separates. So how can you have Emmanuel, God with us, if sin separates, if we've built this wall? Well, the answer is he can only be Emmanuel, God with us, if he is also Jesus, the one who saves us from our sins. Jesus breaks into our world where we ward him off. It's like he comes to join us inside the wall we built. Look, he can come to join us in there. That's how this is going to work. Remember the person in the sea, the person in the wild sea? What does it take to rescue from that? It takes somebody diving in to the sea next to you, coming to rescue. Jesus freely chooses to enter into our world, to enter into the mess we had made. He could have just stayed home, but he chose to do it. There was no other way to rescue us. He loved us so much that he did it anyway. He shows us his love by coming to join us because, you know, coming to join us inside this prison is going to cost him everything. It's going to cost him his life. Jesus isn't just like a, a moral example, kind of showing what it is like to lead a good life. He's not just like a great teacher with some good ideas for how you could dig your way out through this wall. That's not all he is. Jesus is the rescuer. He's the one who comes to save us from our sins. He is the God with us in the middle of this mess. So what we're going to do now is we're going to pray a prayer together, giving him thanks for that, being God with us. And then we're going to sing about the amazing story of what he did, how it was that God came to be with us in this world. And then we'll have one last chat, but children, it's a short chat, okay? Don't panic. So, more words up on the screen. If you believe these things, then again, we'll pray together out loud. If you don't, these aren't your words, don't worry. We're glad you're here. Um, just, uh, just stay quiet, it's no problem. So let's pray together. Jesus, after everything people have done, after all the wrong things we ourselves have done, you could have just walked away and left us to it, lost in our mess. Thank you that you loved us enough to take on flesh and get your hands dirty instead. Thank you that you are both Jesus, the one who saves us from our sins, and Emmanuel, the God who can be with us because you save us from our sins. So we praise you. Let's stand and sing together. Jesus comes inside of it. He doesn't just come inside to be with us, but instead he smashes the wall down. Smash that wall down. Smash it. Smash the wall. Ah, can you break some bricks off the edge? Ah, this is, oh, yes. Oh, this is what Jesus does through his life. He takes the wall that divided us from God, the wall that separates. And do you know what's left of it after he's done with it? Not even that much. Can you break it down some more? Ah, 
Lego is hard to get off the base, boys. You have to appreciate this stuff. Uh, I got that one. You got that one. Uh, I got those two. Mm, you got that? Uh, yes. This is really tricky. The last bricks are really hard. Got that one? You got you got the other one? Uh, that's Ben's boy. That's Ben. Oh, last one. This is what it's like. This is what it's like when Jesus is done. Thank you very much. You can hold this up. You can say, yeah, like that. Do you say, yeah, like that? Yes. <sighs> that's what it's like. That's what it's like. We... We're not only not separated from him anymore, but we cannot, cannot be separated from him. The, the power of sin, the power of those bricks of wrong, that wall, it's all destroyed. There is nothing now that can separate us from God. Now, we as a church have just started working our way through the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be taking it bit by bit through the coming months, following the story of Jesus, as is told by Matthew, an eyewitness. We would love to have you join us on Sunday mornings as we do that. We'll take it a little bit at a time. We've been looking at chapter 1 this morning, right at the beginning. I want to take a sneak peek ahead, because do you know what's at the end? Do you know what's at the very end as we close? The very last sentence from the very last verse. This is what Jesus says at the end of Matthew's gospel. He says, surely I am with you always. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And this is present tense, not future. It's not like I'm going to be with you always. It's like I am with you now always. It's emphatic in the original language. He's like, I, I myself am with you. Jesus no longer walks the earth, but he's still with us because the wall that we built around ourselves that separated us from God has been broken down. So the last thing we're going to do this morning is we're going to look ahead to the year that's ahead. And I want you to think about things you know are coming your way, things that you are maybe worried about, things you might struggle with, things you know you're going to struggle with, things you're going to find it hard to get through. And I want you to just share what they are as well in just a couple of words again using this, this tool. Give us a couple of things that are coming in the year ahead that you know are going to be difficult. And again, children, if you've got things that are going to be difficult in the year ahead, just get your parents to get a couple of words up for you too. And what we're going to do, again, keep it anonymous. Um, what we're going to do is... We're going to acknowledge the amazing truth that Jesus is with us through all these difficult things. Yeah. Big things in life that are going to be hard in the year ahead. And I guess the thing to think about this is these are the ones that we know are coming or the ones that we suspect are coming. But... You know, these last few years have taught us that there's all sorts of things we'd never even imagine that are heading our way that are going to be difficult as well. What a lot of difficult things. Yeah. Now, Jesus has told us, and he didn't leave himself any wiggle room at all, that he is going to be with us in these things, with us always to the very end of the age. There's no ifs, 
forward by. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Much of this is still going to be hard. It doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. Like, there is a lot of hurt and sadness. But it does mean that he will be with us. It does mean that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Just the last few moments. One lot of difficult things. We're going to pray together one last prayer from the screen. Lord God, there's a lot of trouble I can see coming in the year ahead. Many difficult things, hard things, painful things, and there are many things I don't even see coming. Thank you for the big truth that you are with me in it all, with me through it all. Thank you that nothing now can separate me from you. Thank you that you are with me always to the very end. Help me to trust your word and to know you're with me all year long. Amen. What we're going to do now is we're going to close with one last song. It's a big song declaring some of the big truths that we believe as Christians. And sometimes, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, it's hard to believe some of these big truths. Sometimes it can feel dangerous even to say them out loud. But today I want to encourage you to sing these words in hope. I want to believe these things. Help me to believe these things. So let's stand together and sing.